0: Immerse yourself in rich biblical history and Christian heritage with Vision Tours. Exploring Australia, the Holy Lands and other global destinations. Forge bonds of lasting friendship as you fellowship with like-minded believers and discover a new richness in your faith in Christ and a broader understanding of the world's Christian heritage. Enjoy the fellowship of a lifetime with Vision Tours. Explore upcoming tour packages at vision.org.au slash tours. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. The Queensland state election is on this Saturday and there's an extra reason why Christians may be called to pray for candidates and for the election outcome. On Queensland's Sunshine Coast, the resort community of Noosa will host their first public satanic black mass. Now, what makes things interesting from our Christian viewpoint is that the Noosa Temple of Satan is exerting its right to free speech and freedom of religion in hosting their first satanic black mass. What what might be of a concern to some is the timing of such an event, right on the eve of the Queensland state election. Now, we know it's political because it's organised by a local political activist. Who doesn't go by his real name, but by a name recognized by his satanic. Organization. He's known as Brother Samuel Demo Gorgon. Samuel Demo Gorgon. Uh, we'll talk about that name shortly. They reportedly want to encourage political awareness, combating religious authority in politics. And of course, we just had the Australian Christian lobby on just recently, so we're uh, combating. The Australian the Christian Lobby, striving to support causes that would bring greater access to abortion and euthanasia. They want to decriminalise illegal drug use. And they want to restrict the influence of religious institutions over public schools and other public spaces. So religious instruction and and chaplains in schools. They want to hold their ancient ritual where the Dark Lord is summoned through satanic invocations. Well, our conversation today is about how Christians might view the idea of a public demonstration of satanic worship under the guise of religious freedom. Our special guest today is Dr. Gladwin Turner a Bible teacher, author, missionary leader of hundreds of churches, and founder of the Australian and Asian Missions Association. He has a heightened understanding of the spiritual world among Eastern religions and is well-experienced in helping people get free from the occult even here in Australia. And uh, so I want to make a special welcome along, Dr. Gladwin Turner. Welcome along, Gladwin. Thank you very much, Neil. Pleasure to be with you today. Gladwin, let's just start with the idea that we've gotten to a point now where there is an emergence of what something that used to be hidden is now coming to light, and uh, happy to do that in public, the idea of a public black mass. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, Neil, this is something that's been happening for decades. Uh, we saw it in the 70s with uh, Anton LaVey, with the formation of the Temple of uh, satan in san francisco the publication of the satanic bible and uh, whatever happens in america certainly filtrates down here into australia i think many people are aware of that i came across uh, satanic covens here and witches that were associated with those back in the late 70s and there's been an ever ongoing increase since then
0: So this idea of Satanism, it's nothing new, and uh, as you say, and uh, I'm agreeing with you here, it's been hidden, uh, but now it's coming to public light, and uh, I mentioned, as I did in the introduction there, there's a political edge to this, because it's going to happen on the eve of the Queensland state election, and getting some publicity around that. uh, What are your thoughts for their timing here?
1: Well, I mean, I think that uh, everything that, Uh, Satan does, his cohorts are involved in always does have some form of political edge I mean uh, by what they are saying is that Satan has great plans for the principality of Noosa and uh, Australia that word principality is something that we Christians understand we know it has to do with the powers of the air and the governance uh, of entities here Uh, legal entities, uh, church entities even. Um, It it just governs a whole plethora of things which occur uh, in society.
0: Well, we want to talk about a Christian response to what has happened with the emergence of a public black mass. Uh, But I do hear, Gladwin, that there are some who have made threats uh, to the people who are a part of this black mass and uh, and uh, the people who are organising it are blaming Christians. And uh, I just want to separate uh, what we would be talking about today because we certainly won't be encouraging anyone to make particular threats here. Uh, but what are your thoughts for some of the threats and, uh, and, and uh, uh, those sort of things that have emerged?
1: I think that, uh, again, what we're seeing here is something of a politicisation uh, of um, their take on satanic worship they want to get the message out there and so why not blame christians i mean christians get the blame for a lot of things that occur uh, societally so no look that doesn't surprise me that they're blaming christians what does surprise me is that Christians are accused of going to burn the building down uh, when they are at worship, that Christians are threatening to burn them at the stake. I mean, those sorts of ideas are hundreds of years old and no, no real Christian would make such a threat today.
0: Well, we know that Christians are often on the receiving end of that sort of persecution around the world uh, where churches are burned and uh, and people are killed uh, because of their faith. Interesting, isn't it, that there's a certain victimhood that might be claimed here by the Satanists? But I just wanted to ask you, because when we talk about Christianity and we talk about Satanism, what we're talking about here is an antithesis, an opposite ends of the spectrum here. And and I imagine that while there are lots of grey areas that we might get into talking about as well, but when you've got the emergence of this idea of Satanism, this is this is very open, public, right out there, in your face, anti-Christianity. This is like the antithesis of our Christian faith. Give us some insights in what how you see this idea of Satanism emerging like this.
1: Well, in... In my experience uh, it's it 's been there for a long period of time. Its emergence at this particular point of time is uh, no no real uh, surprise to me, uh, as you stated at the beginning we're involved in missionary activity overseas, and what we have seen is an emergence of let 's call it what it is satanic activity hatred towards Christians yes churches being burned uh, pastors heads being cut off organized um, activity against the activities of Christians Christians do not respond in the same way so look we are uh, I am, personally am not surprised by this just let me say that
0: okay well uh, let's encourage listeners today. Uh, that if they are in Queensland or on the Sunshine Coast uh, in the community around Noosa, that uh, it's not our encouragement to take any sort of uh, threatening activity against what's going on there. Uh, there's an interesting aspect here, but in this particular case, while we talk about a political activism, which is a a battle of ideas, uh, there's also the battle that happens on your knees And uh, as we talk about being on your knees as a Christian believer, there's this uh, understanding that there is a spiritual battle to be fought here. Uh, A lot of Christians even struggle with this idea, Gladwin. What are your thoughts for the spiritual battle?
1: Well, it's an intense spiritual battle. There's no doubt about that, Neil. What I'm seeing today is that Christians have, many Christians have forgotten the art of praying. They've forgotten about the necessity of praying for all that are in Uh, authority over us as the scripture encourages us to pray for kings and for authorities and and all areas of governance and we should be on our knees firstly and foremostly not making threats about other organizations because I want to tell you more is accomplished by prayer than this world ever will ever understand
0: Let's talk about the sort of spiritual activity that is going on. And as Christians, we have a deeper appreciation of this because we read the Bible. We understand what God's language is, that he has set in place an issue here where we understand that there are two sides to this spirituality and there's a the side on God's side and there's the side on Satan's side. And there's this idea of people being fascinated with paranormal activity or fascination with the occult. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts as to why there's such an increased interest today in the idea of the paranormal, of supernatural, of the occult.
1: Yeah, Look, this has become more attractive to people. Um, As I was saying, you know, with the rise of Satanism, with the rise of, of occult, more literature being openly published in this regard, Uh, over the last few decades. Now, my take on all of this uh, is that the church is, some churches don't even believe in Satan for a start. So, you know, if you've got a church that is preaching Satan doesn't exist, hell doesn't exist, then, you know, the church has really lost the authority of its power and the authority in praying. Now, the other side of this very clearly is that When we do pray, we understand that we wrestle not against principalities and powers, that we're wrestling against uh, forces that are in the heavenlies. And, of course, this refers to Satan and his demonic hosts. So the church is responsible in many ways as I see it. They have lost the power. They have lost the authority that comes through the name of Jesus Christ. And look, we we see this in many different places. In Africa, let me say, for example, Um, and I have this documented from missionaries, that people are saved. And then they see people who have needs walk past the church to the local witch doctor so that they might receive healing uh, or other needs that they have. Now, there are two different types of witch doctor. There's the black witches and there's the white witches. The white witches are supposed to do good and the black witches evil. But, I mean, the situation very clearly is that Churches need to understand that there is a power and there's an authority given to them to meet the needs of the people. They don't need to look outside of the church. Yet when the church walks away from the authority that it has in Jesus Christ, and I might identify that as as praying for the needs of people, praying for healing, uh, the understanding that Christ is who is in us, is greater than he that's in the world, that there is an answer, and the answer is found in Jesus Christ. And when we move away from the centrality of Christ, then we lose our power. That's one of the principal issues that I see happening today.
0: In a society that is more increasingly secularised, the idea that a secular society doesn't want to acknowledge any of this spirituality... Uh, this idea that as you become more secularized, uh, you know there are all sorts of explanations for these sorts of uh, phenomena and these things that happen. But but there is a sense here in which uh, it's very very strong, very sound from a biblical base that there is a spiritual activity that's going on. That the name of Jesus Christ is so so powerful and so important and so freeing when it comes to the ways that we get caught up in all sorts of things of this world. Uh, what are we, what, what are your thoughts here for, uh, for this idea that uh, that Christians might even have an idea that there is paranormal, that there is occult, but they're denying that the the power that they have themselves in the name of Jesus Christ is something that needs to be uh, utilized, not just an intellectual idea, but something that's very practical and useful in our day to day existence.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think Neil that uh, as I've said. The centrality of the issue is the church has lost its power. Its power is achieved through prayer. And when we have people in the church that go, well, let me put it this way. What, When you have something wrong with you as a Christian, and I say it just not to you, but to those out there, where do you first look? Do you look to the medical cup- cupboard? Do you look to the local doctor or do you bring that need to Jesus in prayer? I have seen over the years blind people healed, cripples healed, Neil. I've seen, I mean, I have seen all sorts of uh, conditions healed, and you know, and it's only through and through prayer. Uh, Deaf and dumb girl, I prayed for, and it was interesting that as I prayed for her, uh, I said, "Lord, what's the issue here?" He said, "Cast out a deaf and dumb spirit." As soon as I took authority over a deaf and dumb spirit, that young woman started speaking fluently. She was seven years old, never spoken a word before.
0: Interesting, so, when, we, yeah. Yeah. Interesting when we connect the idea, because a lot of Christians are very happy with the idea we pray for people to get well when they're sick. Yeah. Uh, but hand in hand with that is this biblical appreciation that we have uh, that oftentimes sickness is caused by a demonic activity. Uh, So the idea of praying for the sick and casting out demons, because sometimes we want to say, yes, praying for the sick is fine, but we're just cautious about the casting out demons part. Uh, But those go hand in hand, Gladwin. Listen, not
1: all sicknesses are demonically inspired. Uh, Just let me say this, the Bible talks about possession and it talks about oppression. Not all Christians that have a sickness are demons caused by demons. Now, just let me say this. This is where it takes discernment. But um, let me... I'll just give you an example because probably people relate more to examples that are out there that are part of your listening body than than to Scripture. I like to anchor experience to what the Bible teaches. I was conducting a crusade and as I was uh, preaching... Uh, The Lord spoke to me very clearly. There's a person here with a crippled left foot. So I called this out. And um, I was working with an interpreter at the time. I was was in an an Asian country. And uh, this elderly man came forward. Now, and his foot was turned inwards and upwards. And he walked with great difficulties. And it was his left foot. Um... I then laid my hands upon him and started to pray. The next minute, he's grabbing his left uh, thigh and hip. And I said, what's the trouble? Through the interpreter, he said, the pain has gone from his ankle into his hip. I immediately discerned that the problem was not a, A physical one, but we were dealing with something that was intensely spiritual. I took authority over a spirit of infirmity, and his foot turned right back to normal, and he walked back to where he was located in the um, audience, perfectly healed. So you you learn these things by experience. You, but you've got to recognise at first that you know the devil has come, as the scripture says to. ...deal and destroy. What's he destroying? He's destroying people's faith. He's destroying them by seeking authority and power that is in other areas other than the living God.
0: Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wonderful to have you with us on this Monday edition of 2020. You can respond to that Facebook question asking, do you think a politically motivated public satanic black mass could influence the outcome of the Queensland state election? Uh, you'll find that question at facebook.com forward slash vision radio Uh, help yourself to uh, there, and uh, no doubt there'll be perhaps a lively conversation that might happen around that as you leave your comments uh, in the comments section. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Before we go any further, let's take a call. Uh, Welcome along to James, who is in Blaney in New South Wales. Hi, James. Welcome. Hi there, Neil. Yes, I'm interested in what the conversation today is about the satanic forces and the power of prayer, and I'm quite curious, we do not have in Australia a public sort of holiday, or or lack of a better word, that the nation comes to prayer, as a nation that the Prime Minister calls the nation to prayer. We have a National Day of Prayer a breakfast, but we don't have a a day set aside. Well, there are a number of days that we do celebrate and there are a number of different organizations that run particular prayer days there's a national day oh, of no. prayer and fasting it usually happens yeah. around Australia Day end of January so there there are yeah. some there uh, and we often will think we leave this to leaders to make the call when there's a particular need so when we have a drought as we did uh, at the late last year into early this year a uh, major call to prayer and uh, thankfully we had a wonderful breaking of the drought. So the so leaders call those at particular times. Just recently there was a solemn assembly and uh, that was led by yes. uh, indigenous leaders. And so these mm-hmm. the, these mm-hmm. things do get called. So there are mm-hmm. national calls to prayer but I appreciate what you're saying. You've got a sort of, a, you know, tie a call to prayer to a particular national day that everybody recognises, and I suspect that would be good to to get to a point where we have that. I'll get a thought or two from our guest, Gladwin. Were your thoughts for James?
1: Yeah, look, national days of prayer do do help. Uh, we saw it where the um, in the time when the Spanish Armada, for instance, was approaching England, and England was completely completely unprepared for war, a national day of prayer was called, which enabled Drake to, uh, and what happened was there was a, a wind that came down the English channel that was so contrary to the sailing Spanish fleet that it was stopped in a trap in it's tracks for several days. That enabled Drake to get his fleet together and go out there and vanquish the enemy, um, in Russia. For instance, when uh, the Germans were around Stalingrad, Stalin, who was a complete atheist, called for a national day, called the churches rather together uh, nationally to pray. And what we saw was the inset of winter. Weeks and weeks earlier, the German army was unprepared, and many of them, of course, uh, perished because of the cold. They were unprepared for it. They couldn't fire their rifles because the oil um, and the lubricants that they were using just froze. Yeah, I believe in national days of prayer. I believe in calls to prayer, whether it's just to the churches or to the nation and there's two examples where the one call went out to the nation and another call went out to the churches Does that James,
0: help? James thank you so much for your call one 316 316 to join in our conversation as we talk about what's coming a satanic black mass uh, to be conducted on the eve of the Queensland state election we're talking politics we're talking spirituality here and and uh, yes uh, your calls welcome One 316 316 you can respond to that Facebook question, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Interesting, as we talk about darkness coming to the public sphere here, Gladwin, and and, uh, so we recognize that there's an emboldenment uh, on the side of the Satanists and taking advantage of, you know, the extra publicity because there's a certain sensationalism around all of that. Uh, the effect on the Christian church uh, to tremble in fear or to be supercharged in their faith. Uh, give us your thoughts here about a, a public Christian response to these sorts of things.
1: The response when the church is challenged should always be one of prayer. Just let me say that. Look, we, can, we have authority over the forces of darkness, Scripture makes that more than clear. Think of Paul at Ephesus and Acts chapter sixteen, where there was a slave girl who the Scripture says has had a spirit of divination. Actually, the Greek text reads a uh, spirit of Pythonus, Python. Now, it doesn't. You don't have to be a, a genius to work out um, that that spirit of python was associated with the delphic uh, oracles the temple at delphi and uh, the scripture says she brought much gain to her masters paul got sick of her following him and saying you know here's a man who's teaching a way of salvation um, and uh, he cast out the demon that was possessing her so demons and snakes go together um it's a matter of authority and as i was saying earlier the church seems to have lost its authority its authority in the blood of jesus its authority in the name of jesus and so this is a good opportunity for the church to get together and to pray and to negate anything that occurs in that black mass
0: taking calls 1-800-316-316 let's hear from mike in launceston in tasmania hi mike welcome
1: oh yes thanks so much um, look, in the, second, the first chapter of Second Kings, um, King Ahaziah heard himself and he sent off his mates to go to the God of to Belzebub, the god of Ekron. And then God told Elijah to send off a message to him and say, "Is there no God in Israel that you have to go off and seek, seek Beelzebub, the god of Ekron?" And my comment is, "Is there no God in the church that we have to go off?" and go here there and everywhere for for help and healing and health of life and James 5:16 says a prayer of righteous man is powerful and effective was not Elijah a man like us
0: and he <sighs> said don't rain that didn't and we heard from Mike who made a reference to a scripture there that was about the emergence of the black mass and a message uh, to how the church might respond. He made reference to 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 16. And mm. let me just uh, say that scripture. And Elijah said to King Ahaziah, "'This is what the Lord says. "'Is there really no God in Israel for you to inquire of his word? "'Is that why you've sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? "'Therefore you will not get up from the bed on which you are lying. "'You'll surely die.'" interesting words from the Bible Uh, give us some insight here into how that might relate perhaps to the way that we as Aussies think about this spirituality in Australia
1: yeah look um, people are drawn uh, to the occult they're drawn to the dark side they are drawn to anything by which they feel will not cost them anything now this is a, a total issue because in this instance, it cost uh, Azziah his life. There is a cost of following after the dark side. And I mean, I don't think the name Beelzebub needs any explanation to our listeners out there that it is another name given to Satan, uh, Lord of the Flies, uh, etc. But This is a whole issue. You cannot be involved in consulting uh, the occult, by consulting a clairvoyant, by consulting any dark practice in order to throw light on any situation of life. It just doesn't work that way. It brings a curse upon the individual rather than a release of knowledge which very often people are seeking for by their involvement in occult activity. I'll give you an example. Uh, one person I knew uh, went to a clairvoyant, they said, yes, you're going to have another child, it will be a boy, Uh, you're going to have troubles in your marriage, you'll get divorced, and a number of other things that were told. Well, having another child was easy. So uh, she had another child, guess what happened? It wasn't a boy, sorry, it wasn't a girl, it was a boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, That same person had some difficulties in the marriage and, of course, well, rather than work on it, the clairvoyant the occultist has said my marriage is going to collapse so why work on it let's walk away i mean there are destructive things they, these things do these entities out there don't tell the truth because they're of their father and the scripture says that the devil was a liar right from the very beginning and he's the father of all lies so why consult the dark side <sighs>
0: Uh, Gladwin, let me just ask you here, because some people will be saying, isn't this something that, as Christians, uh, you could get hot under the collar about, and all it is is a little bit of fun entertainment, because even the people who are promoting it might say, and uh, let me just quote uh, from something that was reported, they're saying it's going to be a little bit like a blasphemous, rocky horror picture show, high camp and very entertaining and no doubt it might look like that, but there's some things here and I wonder whether you've got any thoughts on some things that take this into a more authentic, what you'd call a Satanism, and that is uh, the name of the leader and uh, uh, the name that he goes under is uh, uh, is Brother Samuel Demogorgon. And is that some sort of a, a, a hint that this actually is much more serious than a little bit of high camp entertainment?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. What you find with witches and those that are involved, uh, particularly uh, black witches, they adopt a name which is uh, associated with their craft. Now, this name, Samuel, it uh, it goes right back to ancient Talmudic law. When I say law, L-O-R-E, Samuel is the name for the destructive spirit. Um, According to Judaism, Samuel was the name of the spirit that went and killed those thousands upon thousands of Assyrians that came uh, against the, the kingdom, the southern kingdom of Judah um so it, it's a it and it's also another name for satan uh it's destructive and uh there are other references to samuel uh which if you care maybe to to look it up you'll find that it's not a good name at all so it's uh it's indicative of the high priest and and of who he is now demo uh I, I don't really know what that is uh, meaning. uh could be de- short for demon, could be short for demonstration, a demonstration of the dark side. But Gorgon, now that's an interesting name because this one comes from Greek mythology. And uh, it's uh, an interesting name because what we are seeing here in Gorgon is that we have um, one According to Greek mythology there 's three sisters, um, one of which may, many of you may have heard of medusa, and uh, these three sisters um, are gorgons um, they what would they look like? They have horrible grins, uh, wings, uh, large sharp claws and fangs they for hair they have living snakes they were Covered with uh, dragon-like scales, but the thing was, they had intensely piercing eyes. And according to Greek mythology, um, if you looked at them, the pierce of those eyes would kill you. They would turn you uh, to into stone. So. I mean, that says a lot, doesn't it, about the person, um, Bristow, who is conducting uh, these uh, this black mass.
0: Okay, so. and uh, <laughs> listeners might have their own thoughts. Uh, talk back line open, 1-800-316-316. Let's take some calls. Graham is on the line from Bernie in Tasmania. Hello, Graham, welcome. Oh, welcome. You know, we should certainly pray to God uh, for... Our nation and our governments of our nations, but we've rejected God wholeheartedly, and we're so re- sorry, but we've rejected Him. The biggest part of us, and all these things are coming on us because ungodliness, wickedness, and God is not happy with that. And we're not going to turn back to God at all, really. Only us, those who, hopefully, I'm not me, but us who want to follow God and be strong in the faith. The rest uh, will go. Graham, good thoughts. Let's get a a thought or two from Gladwin. Gladwin, your response for Graham?
1: Listen, Graham, pray by all means. But listen, let me say this. Get others to pray. You know, two are stronger than one. And uh, there's nothing like agreement in prayer. Uh, Look, the things of Satan do not worry me. Um, I was uh, overseas one night, and around 2 o'clock in the morning, I I felt a presence in my room. I looked up, and there was the most gowlish, ugliest demon I'd ever seen in my life. I said, oh, it's you. I turned over and went back to sleep. These things should not be a worry to Christians because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We have an authority that was within us through the spirit of God and these things cannot touch you if you're living a clean and pure life. And I, let me say this, I have great faith in the move of God for a, a, an outpouring of God's spirit in this nation and that's what I'm believing for.
0: Graham from Burnie, thank you so much for your call. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen 316 316 to join in our conversation. Let's hear from Gabby in Bunbury in WA. Hi, good Gabby. Morning. Welcome. Yeah, good morning. Gabby, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, uh, as Christians, I believe we've been given a gift and that uh, we in Australia should be using that gift a bit more. We need to mobilise a bit more and... Uh, As it says, faith without action is dead. So, in a in a way, I believe Christians are sitting on on their hands more often than not. And the more we do that, we more the more we allow evil to succeed. So, I believe we need to motivate and mobilise a bit more. Gabby, good thoughts. Uh, What your response here, uh, Gladwin?
1: Yeah, look, um, get out there, preach the gospel. Take every opportunity you have to speak about the authority that is in Jesus Christ, the subsequent authority that he gives to believers, and let's practice our faith. You know, this is what the early church did. They got motivated. They prayed for the sick. They cast out demons. But, you know, if we don't recognize that there is a power, if we don't recognize that uh, there is a dark side to everything, then... We've lost the authority.
0: Gabby from Bunbury, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1800... 316-316, 1-800-316-316. Let's just uh, just enlarge a little here and uh, talking fear for a moment. And, uh, you know, great to hear of your own story of that encounter with a demon in the night, Gladwin. And I've heard that Mm. uh, reflected by a number of different leaders over the years. A lot of people do feel a little bit either fearful or... They might feel a bit ridiculous if they raise that in, uh, you know, a dinner table dinner table conversation. What are your thoughts about just uh, bringing that into the conversation, letting others uh, understand what you think, and uh, hearing what they've got to say? Yeah, look,
1: we we need to learn as a Christian community to gossip the cause of Christ. That may mean across the dinner table. It may mean out in the public domain. And I know that they. That there's a general saying out there, two things you shouldn't discuss, you know, religion and politics. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, if I'm a Christian... That's what I should be talking about. I should be talking about praying for our politicians, you know, that God, because he sets up governments and he pulls down governments. I mean, that makes it very clear. Romans 13, it's it's so essential and a part of the life and the blessing that we live under as a nation. So that's just one aspect. The other aspect, of course, has to be that um, we we have if we have faith within us then there must be within us that intensity to want to share i mean the the church has lost and I, i i don't want to talk about blank blanket blank in a blanket manner the church has lost its passion but you know i listen to a lot of preachers there's no passion about jesus and what they're preaching I mean, sometimes you may as well just open a commentary and read the commentary. I mean, there has to be an encounter theology that comes back into the church. People need to be confronted with the gospel. I think of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6. You know, he had an encounter with God. It changed him. It changed his whole life. I think of Paul on the Damascus Road, Acts chapter 9, an encounter. That's what people know. They need to encounter the power of God. And when they encounter the power of God, they become passionate about him. So, listen, I mean, you know, I think if the, the church has somehow lost its way. And, and please, I'm not being critical of all churches out there. Some have lost their way. But let's let's get some of the passion back into our into our hearts and into our spirits in relation to who we're serving. We're serving a living God. That's the answers for life. People need to hear that.
0: Let's take another call. Chris is on the line from Melbourne. Hello, Chris. Welcome.
1: Good day, Neil and Guest. Yeah, I just want to say, I mean, uh, these things are happening because uh, you know, the prayers of Christians are too weak. I mean, you know, the, the man said we have to encounter the power of God. Well, the unbeliever needs to encounter the power of God uh, this thing happening on, on saturday we got to you know call down fire from heaven you got to pray elijah type prayers and you know uh, burn up uh, whatever you know they're, they're offering so uh, i think you know churches are uh, he says not to be general but churches in general have been become very weak pastors are very weak and one wonders if they've been infiltrated you know by nefarious uh outside sources uh I'd recommend a very good video on YouTube called "The Shiner Directive" by Michael Lake, and that, that explains a lot of the stuff. It's got, it goes back to like Nimrod and all that sort of stuff, you know. So,
0: yeah. Chris, good thoughts in there. Uh, Gladwin, your thoughts for Chris? Yeah, look, um, yeah, he said that prayer is weak
1: in churches. Um, can I, I just address something here? I I think that. In all probability prayer has not been taught the way that it should be taught I mean the greatest effectiveness I've ever found in praying is praying the Word of God when we start praying the Word of God into situations then things really do change but how can the how can you pray the Word of God into a situation if you don't understand the Word of God or you don't know the Word of God and yet you ask how many Christians out there actually read the Word? How many understand the Word that they're reading? How many understand the principles of prayer? And you know, and so I think it comes back to the local church again for men of God to raise up. And and you know, if if this man's saying you know prayer is weak, why is it weak? That's the question we have to answer. And I I believe it. it comes back to two things. People don't read the Word. They don't know the Word. They're not spending time with God. And uh, they need to do that. They need to do that.
0: Chris, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to be part of our conversation. Let's hear from Alan in Grove in Queensland. Hi, Alan. Welcome. Hello, Neil. Just a comment regarding what's happening in Noosa. That's not really a surprise because... In Queensland, in Australia, that people have been so passionate, um, in regard to the Halloween celebration, especially when it, it goes for a whole month. And yes. it's in the schools, in, you know, and so I think we need to be praying that this will come to an end. Yeah well certainly connections there aren't there and uh, some will say well this whole uh, black mass is happening as part of a Halloween celebration too just so happens to be coincidentally on the uh, on the eve of a state election. Your thoughts for Alan Gladwin?
1: Yeah look uh, Halloween um, you know the hallowing of all saints uh, has a very strong um, cultic uh, influence it of course goes back to the time of the Druids, the celebration of the Samhain, uh, where um, people would gather together and uh, celebrate um, and try and connect with spirits, in which uh, they would make offerings uh, to them, sacrifices to them, um, in order that the spirits did not damage crops, did not possess people, uh, spread incurable diseases. They were all, these were all part of Samhain, the Summer end Festival, as, uh, and it also represented um, the beginning of the Celtic year. So, uh, you know, they'd sacrifice fruit, uh, flock, you know, just to appease pagan gods. So it has a... a A black origin, just let me say that. Tricking and treating also comes from that time when um, the poor would go around knocking on doors, begging for soul cakes. Soul cakes were round loaves of bread filled with currants. And uh, as a result of receiving those, the poor would then pray for the dead departed members of the family that they received the soul cakes from. So here we go. I mean, there is a dark origin vase Church uh, the Satanic Church in uh, in San Francisco uh, they hold Halloween as one of their sacred days uh, it's a it's a pagan holiday for them and a pagan celebration so there you have it
0: Alan, thank you so much for your call. We'll have to put a line under calls. Uh, Lots of people trying to get through to have a say today, but we've run out of time. Time, though, enough to just sum things up here, perhaps, Gladwin. The idea that Christians, not to be fearful by the idea of an emergence of a satanic black mass uh, happening in a public building, I might add, and as i understand it a church meets in the same building so there's uh, interesting issues and perhaps more to talk about there which we won't get a chance to talk about today but uh, so far not. as so far as the christian response though uh, it is a prayerful response it is a Uh, a spoken uh, verbal response but it certainly is not going to be a physical attack type response and uh, just to reinforce that for listeners today, so far as a takeaway from this, Gladwin what would you say in summing up the things we've talked about over this past hour for for listeners to take away from a conversation like this today
1: Uh, Firstly, we're dealing with very real forces as far as the demonic is concerned Uh, the devil is a is a living being, a spirit being, um, not to be afraid of him. Understand that as believers, we have authority over everything that he can do, then bring against us. And we need to uh, be spending more time, I believe, praying. I mean, understand that. This uh, Bristow fellow, um, can't think of his Christian name at the moment, but that he says Satan has got great plans for the principality. That's the area, the geographical area of Noosa and Australia. That's what we need to be counteracting in prayer.
0: Okay. well, I'll encourage listeners, too, to continue those Facebook comments. Uh, The question asking today, do you think a politically motivated public satanic mass could influence the outcome of the Queensland state election? Uh, You'll find that question at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Our special guest today is Dr. Gladwin Turner. Bible teacher, author, I mentioned the mission organization that he founded called the Australian and Asian Missions Association. Uh, Gladwin, a little insight here, just how, how far widespread is the missions association that you lead?
1: Yes, look, we work in, in China right across through a number of Asian uh, countries um, to the Philippines. Some places that we work, we because we're working in an underground way, I can't tell you, we're working in India, we're working um, in Thailand, we're working um, in a number of different places overseas. Just let me say that some of those are up on our website, some aren't, but if people want further information, we can uh, give that. We've have orphanages. We have um, seminaries, schools. But, you know, it's, uh, it's been, been good to see some 600-odd churches all up overseas.
0: 600 churches there. And yeah. uh, in ordinary normal times, you travel a lot uh, throughout all of those nations. At the moment, I'm sure you're doing a lot of... Uh, A lot of uh, Zoom calls to leaders in those nations. Let me give people the website uh, for following on the Australian and Asian Missions Association. It's aama.org.au, aama.org.au. I mentioned, too, that you've written a series of books, and the fourth part in the series about spiritual growth is called Spiritual Warfare in the Christian Life. So for listeners who want to get a hold of that, uh, there's three other parts in that four-part series. The first one is Foundations for Christian Life Part 1, Living the Christian Life Part 2, Giftings for the Christian Life Part 3, and the one we're talking about really today, Spiritual Warfare in the Christian Life Part 4. and No doubt they're available in Christian bookstores and at the website aama.org.au and uh, people buying those books, of course, supporting the mission activity that you're involved in. Just great to get your insights once again, Dr. Gladwin Turner. Thanks for being with us on 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil. Been a pleasure being with you.